now and then, here and there, and always at sexpotcomedy.com. Newton and welcome to the Grabbing Lunch podcast. This is Grabbing Lunch. This is episode 60. This is Will Wheaton and Shane Nickerson. If you've never listened to the show before, here's the deal. Basically, some of my favorite hangouts with people have happened over lunch in my lifetime. So I started a show where I invite friends, uh, actors, comedians, writers, artists, musicians, anyone who's uh, making a go of it in the biz. Hollywood fun fact. No one says the biz. Anyway, I invite them to lunch and we hang out and I record an hour or so of our casual conversation. There's no interview. There's no where you from. The format allows people to relax and be themselves and not have to worry about being on. And they're really just engaging and funny and smart and deeply versed people, even when they're not on. I think that's why most people went into the arts to begin with. So that's the premise of the show. This week, my special guests, Will Wheaton and Shane Nickerson, and we uh, we took over the patio at Fantasia Billiards in Burbank. And despite the name, food wasn't bad. If they're f- the name's Fantasia, they have a license to have some subpar food, and they didn't do it. So, uh... Hats off to you, Fantasia Billiards. Uh, this is episode 60. As I said, uh, Will Wheaton, Shane Nickerson. What can I say? Let's just get into it. Uh, Will Wheaton is an actor. He's an improviser. He's a writer. He's a director. He's an author. He is a home brewer. <laughs> uh, you can find him online at Will Wheaton, W-I-L-W-H-E-A-T-O-N.net, Will Wheaton, and at Will W. On Twitter, uh, he is a he's a modern day Renaissance man. Uh, he blows me away. And for the record, just so you know, it's uh, one of the tenets of the show here. Uh, just so that you know who's who sitting around the table, uh, so there's no confusion. Will Wheaton sounds like this. And for whatever reason, we broke up into gangs of improvisers and, and, and stand-up comics. And Judah Friedlander was like, oh, what are you, one of those improvisers? And I was like, yeah, what are you, a, a stand-up comic? And he goes, yeah. And I, and I go, gosh, it must be really hard knowing all of your material and knowing exactly where your laughs are in every show. <laughs> and all the improvisers were like, yeah! yeah! And, all the, and all the stand-ups were like, ooh! I saw Judah at Comic-Con this last year, and I said, I don't know if you remember this. And he goes, you're going to tell me the story about the audition in New York, aren't you? And I was like, holy crap, you remember it! <laughs> You have to hear the whole story. It is a hilarious and, dare I say, a classic Hollywood tale. Okay, uh, willwheaton.net, at Will W on Twitter. 
But my other guest is Shane Nickerson. Shane is is also a comedian, and he is a producer on Ridiculousness and Fantasy Factory, the uh, Rob Deirdrick shows on MTV. He's a, one of the executive producers over there. I know Will and Shane from my days doing sketch comedy at a, the Acme Comedy Theater here in Los Angeles. Um, so you can find Shane Nickerson at Shane Nickerson, S-H-A-N-E-N-I-C-K-E-R-S-O-N, at Shane Nickerson on Twitter. And uh, the man himself sounds like this. People say, well, they want you to be good. You, they, you, they want you to go in there and kill it. But you don't really believe that until you understand why. And that's because that's the last, generally the last piece of the puzzle. There's been pre there's been development, someone wrote it, they've, now they've hired a team, they're putting money into it. And the last thing they do is bring in the actor. They want someone, or they really do want someone to come in and just make it easy for them. Right. Well, we got our guy. We can go home. Sage wisdom, everybody. Plus, I'd like to uh, applaud Shane's pitch-perfect impression of a decision-maker. Let's go home. Uh, it's the Grabby Lunch Podcast, everyone. Uh, give me a follow on Twitter if you're feeling saucy, at Matt Knudsen, M-A-T-T-K-N-U-D-S-E-N, or uh, at Grabby Lunch. Subscribe on iTunes, and you can go back and listen to previous episodes with people like Colin Hay from Minute Work, Helen Slater, who was Supergirl, uh, comedians like Jake Johansson, who's had, I think, 50 uh, Letterman appearances, Kyle Kinane, uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, and GrabbingLunch.com. Uh, this is episode 60. This is Will Wheaton. This is Shane Nickerson. Uh, I was so happy to spend time with these guys. And uh, halfway through, Will's son, Nolan, came and, uh, and hung out with him. So uh, check him out. He's a nutritionist and a great young man. And so this is us at Fantasia Billiards in Burbank, episode 60 of the Grabbing Lunch podcast. Let's eat. We decided to come here. Uh, Grandpa was um, crazy. Torturing us with last night's footage from... Oh, oh. fuck. Everything about that game except the amazing hat trick scored by Jack and Ryan. That was pretty great. It was made the best thing. I've never regretted uh, not wearing a hat to a hockey game as much as I did last night. One guy threw a hat. One guy. And in my in my mind, and I know I was a cute little kid. Right. What basically the, the yeah. I'll just put this here. Right. We're periods. two or two. To, this is this. They had these little hockey players that come out and play a little like two minute game. Great. And this one. Oh, kid, the pee wee pee wee hockey. Yeah. yeah. This one kid shot three goals in like two minutes. <laughs> and that one guy. If so, you get a hat trick. One guy throws his hat out. In my right. mind, I just picture like, yeah, oh, what the, why did I right. do that? I'm 3150, no I need that. <laughs> yeah, so, here, so, this is a thing. Uh, it's been so long since I bought a hat right. that I didn't know that hats were that expensive. Who the fuck is spending $31 on a fucking hat? Right. A King's fans. Right. People who can't afford it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's a, I'm giving myself a birthday gift. I was down there it's last year. It's hard to find a good hat, by the way. That's true. I just you find it. Um, you don't want to throw it in the ice. You know, but I you do. Any one of those plastic um, bands in the tradition. back, adjustable, those could go on the ice and snap back. Fitted cat? No. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm so fancy, I actually have hats made for me by a millionaire. Good for you. Well, wow. Yeah. Wow. Did you say by a millionaire or by a millionaire? Right. <laughs> 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 I prefer a millionaire. I'm in the process. I'm in, well, I'm actually in the process of, con- of turning her into a millionaire. Great. <laughs> I do like the prerequisite, I'm so fancy, before yeah. the other information. Well, I mean, why otherwise, why would you? <laughs> I only have millionaires make my hands. Yeah. I'm very particular.
I went I to. I need to see um, a bank statement before you make my hat. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna need to run. I need to run your credit <laughs> before you make my hat. <laughs> the new era. I have two fitted caps. One's uh, Dodgers and one's uh, Cornhuskers mm. that I bought for the Holiday Bowl last month. It was. Uh, Did it make your team win? They lost. But it was like it's kind of a waste of forty-two bucks, right? All right. Uh, but it was forty-two, forty-five. It was very close, and it was in San Diego, and everyone was like complete USC. So I was like the guy wearing the Nebraska yeah. hat. So yeah. even to wear that hat and like yell at the USC band, yeah, as thirty dollars well spent. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I as a as a former Bruin, I support that. Mm-hmm. Man, I always say anyone who goes to USC over UCLA has never been to Los Angeles. Yeah. You know, when you see like the campuses and where they are, it's just like, why would you not go to the the cool place that's kind of by the beach? And well, because not everyone can get into UCLA. I see. And they still want to go to college in Los Angeles. Right. Right. I thought USC is pretty. We're pretty uh, exclusive, right? Am I, I crazy? Think so. I'm really hoping that one of my kids goes to a college with a football team that I can be excited about because right. I've never been able to get into college uh, football. Yeah, I enjoy the NFL, but for college football, I don't. I don't care. I just right. don't care. But if one of them win, I'd have a reason, maybe. Although right. neither of them care about sports. Right. So maybe I'm just fucked. Yeah. The only reason we went to that uh, Nebraska game is because my dad was born and raised in Nebraska. Yeah. And they were playing in, like, San Diego. So it was just like, eh. Right. So it was like me, uh, one of my brothers, and his kid. So it was like four Knutsons heading down there. Uh-huh. You know. We were going to take the train until we realized it was about as expensive as driving down. Like, yeah, right, but it's a hundred percent less miserable. <laughs> sure. The train? True. Or the car. The I think that's Amtrak's logo. hundred <laughs> percent less miserable. I, 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 honestly, I, I'm pretty sure that going from LA to San Diego is the one place in the country Amtrak can say we are the least miserable way <laughs> of getting from your place to where you're going. True. Yeah, that's true. The rest of like, uh, I, I took it to Denver one time, and you get you go through some of these cities, and people who were just on for like two or three stops, it's just like, yeah. oof, <laughs> just, <laughs> like a Greyhound bus, you know, they got a, a duffel bag that's duct taped together, you're like, oh, buddy. Uh, you're at the bottom of something. Yeah. Yeah. I've ridden, I've ridden, uh, <laughs> I've ridden, I've ridden a long haul train uh, out to um, uh, Kansas City once, Wow. and it was, it was like, it was cool, the, um, like I had like a little sleeper car and stuff. Nice. And, and, a couchette. And, and, is that what they call it? I don't know what they call it. Um, I but hope it, it's called that. Yeah. If it, it doesn't, if it isn't, it needs to be. <laughs> that sounds like a place where I could wear one of my hats. <laughs> oh, look at the hat he's wearing right this way. Yeah. Oh, uh, come to the front of the line, sir. <laughs> there's a lot of hat makers on that train too. It's true. All those yeah, millionaires. That's so funny. What's the difference between a long haul train and like a regular train? Um, the long haul trains have the sleeper cars. They have a, a proper dining car. Ah. Um, uh, you know, the problem is that like Am- Amtrak trains haven't really the long haul trains haven't really been updated in like I think in our lifetimes, right. um, which is a bummer because travel by train is amazing, right. and and it's like and it's like easy. it's fun and it's easy and. And and it's and it's one of those things that like basically everyone else in the world does, yeah. uh, but it turns out that crazy fucktards in Congress are like, we can't give government money to Amtrak, 
because that would help people. <laughs> so you see that Doctor Who with the mummy on the train? I don't think I have. Oh, uh, uh, did you watch this past season? Um, I watched part of it. I never really got into Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. I watched like one or two, and I was like, ah, I, I understand. But, uh, yeah, Doctor Who is a series that I will never defend when somebody says that, because sure. it just may very well not be your thing. Right. But I think you either I'm love it, it, love it, love it, love it, love it, or you're like, nah. I don't. I don't think there's. I, I rarely encounter a casual Doctor Who fan. Right. There are episodes that I am out early on where I'm yeah. just like, I don't. It's too much. Hi. It's, right. it's hey, not good. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Um, do you guys know what you want? Yeah. 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 I'm good. Yeah, I know. I read like Chris Hardwick has like a phone booth. Like a he has a TARDIS. <laughs> yep, he does. Oh, turkey melt. Sure. Fries and rings or salad. Um. I'll take the fries. Fries? He said, defeated. <laughs> I'll take the full fries. I'd like a classic burger uh-huh. um, with a salad, and if you could have them cut that in half, it would be... Not the salad, the burger. The burger? That would be great. I mean, if they uh, want to cut the salad in half, I'd love to see how they... I think it's cut. And you couldn't even tell. Yeah, exactly. Right? And be like... Mm. It's probably cut in like 30 or something. Okay. And can I get a, um, a, a, a some kind of vinaigrette would be terrific. Okay. And can I have a club soda, please? Uh, I'm not going to do a barbecue burger with uh, with fries. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. It would be fun if she came back and the sound was somehow like in two hemispheres. Mm-hmm. You know, that she just like kind of one up the... It's very doable. It's very doable. Yeah. That was one of my uh, uh, Halloween costumes years ago. Salsa really? blue guy who had the two, like, the, the foam. This side, this side tingles. I just put shaving cream on one half and then, like, yeah. divide it. That's how you know it's working. And then just put a blue towel and yeah. went to the party. It's like, hey, over here, buddy. It's cost about $1.79. It's probably the best costume I've ever had. No. Did everyone get it or did... I guess uh, the right people got it. Do you guys mind if my know? son Nolan joins us? No, I don't. Not at all. Great. Vito. I'm Vito. Oh, Change overridden. Passing. Oh, shit. It's a hard pass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I'm, 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 I'm casting right now. You are? Yeah. yeah. Oh. I, I didn't, like, casting's hard. Yes, yeah. it is. Yeah. It is. It's really, it's really hard. Every like, actor what? should cast something because it, it will, you will never go in thinking, Oh, I hope I did all right. You'll go in thinking, I hope all of the things that need to be in place are in place for me and that I wasn't terrible. Right. That was a thing that I learned a long time ago. Um, Like, I mean, I maybe even have reached this conclusion when we were doing the Acme shows together that, like, I've just got to go in and do, like, do my version of this character to the best of my ability and then throw the sides away before I even leave the building. Right. Mm -hmm. Because... Because it doesn't matter, yeah. and and what I have learned, thank you. What I what I've learned in the course of all these years of doing this is that more often than not, what you do doesn't matter. Right. It, it like just they they don't care. And you're not going to get it. And you're not. <laughs> you're not. You're not going to. Which is one thing I Even if yeah. you're perfect oh. for it. Yeah. The, the thing that you don't believe as an actor that they tell you that people will tell you over and over is shit. That hold on, Ryan's calling. That's okay. Do, no, no, so do your thing, man. Do your thing. Is uh, people will say, well, they want you to be good. You, the, you, 
they want you to go in there and kill it. But you don't really believe that until you understand why. And that's because that's the last, generally the last piece of the puzzle. There's been pre there's been development, someone wrote it, they've now they've hired a team, they're putting money into it. And the last thing they do is bring in the actor. They want someone, they really do want someone to come in and just make it easy for them. Right. Well, we got our guy, we can go home. So they can just say, what we thought the whole time. Yep, we yeah. told you it would work. Yeah, I just, I got cut loose uh, two, two days ago. But it was like, it was a campaign. It was a spokesman for a campaign. I went in before Christmas. And I was on a veil for like a week and a half. Uh, and they were rolling out like five spots just to start. So you're just like, good news everyone, my hopes are sky high. <laughs> or are we telling are we telling commercial bad beat stories? I've oh, got I a, just, I've got a good one. I, 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 please, by all means. <laughs> yeah. I, and I just want to say, I want to write a book called I Didn't Get It. That's yeah. like one of my like, where you just sit down and just like, all right, the worst story about a job you didn't get. Just I'm just going to suggest right now that in, in order to accommodate this, it needs to be a 10-volume collection. <laughs> <laughs> Every can, month, you know you'll what? get a new handsome leather-bound, <laughs> tear-soaked edition and it doesn't, of I tears Didn't Get it. it. It is not limited to just commercials. It can apply to life. Oh, yeah, dude. Actually. Yeah, I think the bigger the name, the funnier the story, Yeah, you know? Uh, here, your, here, this is yes, my bad beat story. So, um, back before the last SAG commercial strike, um, which I supported, though I don't think we won the things we needed to win, namely being cable residuals, but, but I supported it in, 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 in general. Um, uh, right before the strike when, when everybody was kind of like loading up on commercials and everything, right. IBM was putting together a national campaign, six spots. Uh, national network, six spots. And it was three people, one guy in every spot, and I'm reading for that guy. So I go through like three callbacks in LA, and they keep telling me that they love me, that I'm the guy, that now it's a matter of the matching, you know? I need to go to New York. So I fly to New York, and uh, I go in for the audition, and, um, and I do the same thing I've been doing all along. Right. And the clients love it, and the agency's happy, casting loves it. Uh, so, uh, side, uh, parenthetical side story, uh, while I was there, saw the kids in the hall. Wow. Um, and, I was reading against them. It was me versus all six of them. <laughs> and when, and when, uh, when, when he comes out to do the uh, crushing your head bit, he yeah. like, holds a flashlight up, and he crushes people's heads in the audience. Wow. He crushed my head. It's wow. pretty great. Hey, there you go. Um, there you go. Uh, also, I uh, saw Judah Friedlander in the audition. And for whatever reason, we broke up into gangs of improvisers and, and, and stand-up comics. And Judah Friedlander was like, oh, what are you, one of those improvisers? And I was like, yeah, what are you, a, a stand-up comic? And he goes, yeah. And I, and I go, gosh, it must be really hard knowing all of your material and knowing exactly where your laughs are in every show. <laughs> and all the improvisers were like, yeah! yeah! And all the, the stand-ups were like, ooh! I saw Judah at Comic-Con this last year, and I said, I don't know if you remember this. And he goes, you're going to tell me the story about the audition in New York, aren't you? And I was like, holy crap, you remember it! <laughs> so, Let um, me finish. Right. Yeah, but, okay, I was going to say that. Yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah. So, so I'm like, yes, and... Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, not only that, but I'm going to tell it all the way, even though you've already heard it. That's the best part. <laughs> so <laughs> people wanted to like tell the story so badly. Yeah, you told me last week. I know, but I know, but let me tell it again. You finish. So um, uh, it's a it's a great audition. I uh, I go back to the hotel and I'm basically just waiting for the call. That's like, when do I go to the fitting? Right. And the agent calls and says, um, so. A person at the agency who has not been involved in this campaign Oof. at all. Brutal. Over the last like 
five weeks or whatever the casting's mm -hmm. going on, has decided that they're going to be involved now, mm. and uh, they're starting over. And I went, wait, what? And she's like, yeah, it's someone's ego at the uh, at the agency got all worked up, and it's starting all over. Now, having watched all of Mad Men, I understand this now. Sure. At the time, I was like, what the fuck? Right, she course. says, but the clients love you so much, they just want you to come back, it's basically a formality. I'm like, oh, okay, great. So I go back in, I do what I've been doing all along, um, and uh, they don't they don't hire me. Ugh. And then we're on, you know, then Sags and Strike forever, and, and, and these commercials me. and these commercials ran to fucking death. Wow! And they were great, you know. And it was, and that was, that was, uh, that happened around a time where I, I, that was around the time that I was like, you know what, fuck on camera, I'm going to be a writer. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. And it was right around that time where I was like, you know what, I'm having a really good time performing live shows, yeah. you know, improv and sketch and whatever. Um, and fuck being on camera. I just don't even care anymore. And then... Universe, <laughs> give me a sign! Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure you have like 101. I do. As I get older, I, I'm less... I'm actually less phased by them because... I think that I've moved away from performing quite a bit and now being much more involved in production and, and seeing the way that tides shift and... And what Will said about having there be one person who comes in late and wants to change everything. It's so... I think it's just because like, if it's a success, I want my fingerprints on it. Yeah, it's... You know? In some cases, it's that. And in some cases, there is a genuine dispute on creative direction. And, and the, the person in charge will win. Always will right. win. Right. And so I'm very used to it. I'm so used to it that I'm, I don't even... I'm at the point now where I do not get excited... I don't get more excited than I should for any step of the process. I get excited when something, like if we sell a show or something, I get excited. But I don't get, I, I don't start, I'm not popping right. bottles. I'm not like Barney when he takes the first sip of champagne. I don't understand. It's that starting again. That was non alcoholic champagne. <laughs> <laughs> I regained my balance and diction. <laughs> I, take it, I take it in stride and I get as excited. I get the amount of excited I can get without it being a crushing disappointment if it doesn't happen. Yeah, it's a skill you have to develop. You have to kind of. And I'll add that, and I feel like I feel exactly the same way. Sure, but, of but what I'll what I'll add to that is I'm really grateful that I've been able to find other ways to support my family, mm -hmm. to right. like have you know, and, and to express myself creatively that does not rely on. 30 people all lining up <laughs> and like and, and rolling the same number on a die at exactly Absolutely. the same time. It's That's intoxicating so to, so to crack that where you have more control mm -hmm. over what you're doing. And the more sh the more shit you're doing, the easier it is when one of them falls out. If your whole thing is like, oh, I'm on this tightrope and if that thing if that rope breaks, right. <laughs> I'm going to be on that train with a taped up bag. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, you have to have like 12 ropes so if one pops, sure. you just jump over to the next one. Yeah, yeah, but if you're, and it's and what's sure. interesting, you know, I, I um, there's people who are who are sort of starting out, and 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 I mean, you can be starting out for ten years, um, yes. and and, and, you know, and, and one, one of the things oh one of the things that I learned from one of my acting teachers was that like you have to have as an actor, auditions can't be the only time you practice your That's your art. You know, yeah. you have to be in be in a, a scene study group or or do you know be in a be in a play that nobody's going to see because you love it. I mean, even when we were in Acme together, 
I, it was always more fun when there was a big audience, especially for the put your nuts away sketch. <laughs> um, because the bigger the audience, like the, the better feedback you get. But I had so much fun being in that company and playing with Me all too. the performers yeah. and, and, and like fucking up in a sketch and saving it. And, the best. And the best. Uh, like that was great. And, yeah. I, and I was so satisfied out of all of that. And it was around that time that I was just like, I don't know why I'm killing myself going to these auditions that I never fucking book. Yeah. Um, when I don't, when I can just write books and I can perform in these shows right. and it's like, I'm, I, I'm, I'm satisfied and I'm, you know, I'm successful over here. I'm satisfied over here. Right. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, I have enough money great. to pay for stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah, takes yeah, a yeah. bit to, to understand that if you're not, if, you, if you're only doing, if you're only going and performing because someone told you you should go perform, you're not going to last. Oof. You need to have that thing in you where you, you, you only want to perform and you'll do it wherever you can. And if a byproduct of that is success and, and perhaps money, right. great. But right. if you're trying to circumvent that, and just get to the money or get to the you're gonna fail it's because you'll hard. never get you'll never practice I, I took eight years well of my I mean life. unless you want to be on reality TV oh in that case, I mean if you want to be on reality TV unless basically just go for go for the money I'm going I to I mean be, be the worst person in the world and humiliate well, yourself unless and, you want the solid and shit, and shit all over everyone uh, and, and and hope that your arm doesn't get sore signing all the checks right Get well, a stamp. As someone right. who works in uh, reality. So funny. But your kind of reality no. isn't fucking awful, bullshit, despicable reality. Yeah. Your reality is it could fun. Be, you, I'm not yeah, but to it's, it. Yeah, but yeah. it's not. <laughs> the hot housewives. But, but, but your, your reality is, is funny and, and, like, and, and legitimately entertaining. And isn't, right. It's comedy. And, and, it's, isn't, comedy. and it's, it's not predicated on manufactured uh, uh, conflict right. and, no, and, no, and, and garbage like that. And I have worked in that, but it's not what I like. And, but that said, I think that uh, there are people that do get lucky and don't have to go through all the work. But True. I spent eight years having jobs that allowed me to have time for auditions that I never got. It's, it's ridiculous. Rather than just spending as much time doing what I wanted to do as possible. Hold on. Just love, let's love this for a minute. So just uh, uh, if you hear what's crossing the sidewalk, there's a guy in a wheelchair who's bumping some EDM, electronic yeah. dance music, yeah. uh, out of a portable computer on his wheelchair. Yeah, he's and he's wearing a rattan cowboy hat. Yeah, he's equipped. And his he's head's ready. kind of lolling in a way that is either uh, chemically induced, right. uh, musically induced, <laughs> or it may just be part of why he's in a wheelchair and I'm a fucking monster. I'm <laughs> gonna go for the third one. I think it's yeah, except I for think, the monster. Right. Uh, the, 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 yes. Parts of the third one. I watched a rough cut of our Cards Against Humanity episode of Tabletop yesterday. Oh, how is it? It's fucking hilarious, but boy, am I a despicable human being. Why? <laughs> well, you have to be in that game. You have to be. Yeah. Uh, you have to be. Oh, 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 yeah, I gotcha. I've yeah. never played that game. Oh, it's, it's, it's fun. Really great. It's fun. <laughs> and what's uh, great about it is that it, it bucks political correctness in the most glorious and satisfying way. Because you can get away with saying anything, and it just feels so good. But you're supposed to. That's the whole point yeah. of it. Yeah. Um, and I like I like to I like to play it with people 
who are um, afraid of that. Right. Like they don't they don't want to be they they, they don't want to be awful. Right. So they're like they kind of seize up and, and like so I was I was yeah I was I was at a I was at a, a, a party over at Amy Berg's house and Ashley Clements was there and Ashley and Ashley and I we play Cards Against Humanity like fucking filthy. Right. Right? And we were the only two people in the game that were playing it. And we were like, ha, 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 Sean Penn brought AIDS to Haiti after the earthquake. Ha, 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 ha. You know? And the other people were like, oh. It's like, why are you playing this game? Right. Yeah. You should be playing, like, Precious Pound, Pound Puppy. Yeah. Is that a game? I'm going to see if they can turn this on the next tabletop. Precious Precious oh, they, should, they should turn it up because then no one will make a rights claim on you. They, they, just, they just turned it on. Um, but I will leave you with this hot. I'll be back in two seconds. Um, we're gonna, so when you leave, we're not going to say a word. We're going to say <laughs> Great. Perfect. <laughs> I heard the GOP, they're having their convention in San Diego this weekend, and they hired Jay Leno, and he was too offensive for some of the members of the party. Jay Leno. That would be the huh. place where he would be considered offensive. Yeah, he said that he offends me, but probably not for the not same, same place. <laughs> well, he's gone. I think we should just leave. We should. We could. Did he leave any stuff? He left his wallet. Oh no, it's not. His this wallet. Zoom audio thing looks like it might be worth. Something. I have one of those. They're great. Do you do you do your podcast on it? I do. I used to record straight into GarageBand, and then I switched to Audacity. Uh huh. And um. Something about recording into Audacity and seeing the waveform go out as I was recording started make, to make me feel like I, like oh god it's going, so I just switched back to only working into the Zoom, um, and then editing like then posting it all together. Yeah. Uh, the only drawback to that is that I don't have the that 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 creative freedom of like I'm gonna do a dumb thing now and then I put in a dumb audio thing or whatever and then immediately commenting on it I like choose the music and stuff afterwards and I choose the drops afterwards right. and everything so it's well that's um, better anyway I, I guess it's different I don't know if it's better right, so it's talk about tabletop and uh, the way that I edit my podcast uh, right which everyone should listen to at radiofreeburrito.com radiofreeburrito.com is it the garage band it was for a long time, but now I'm working and now I'm editing in Audacity, and I was recording live into Audacity. But now what I do is I record on on a H4n, and then I post it all in Audacity. Nice. Um, what what, uh, what podcasts do you listen to? Um, I listen to WTF, um, This American Life. I don't know if that counts as a podcast. Sure, sure. I listen to a couple of Night Vales. Welcome uh-huh. to Night Vale. I mm-hmm. like that. What's that? Uh, you don't know Welcome to Night Vale? No. Are you being serious? I'm being serious. Yeah. It's, it's the most popular podcast in the history of the medium. Over Serial? Oh, yeah. Huh. Yeah, and it's been around no, longer than Serial. So. Is it a yeah. true story? No. Oh. It's a um, uh, Night Vale Community Radio. is a radio station, community radio station, that exists in a strange southwestern American town where all kinds of weird shit happens Made all up. the time. Yeah. Oh. Uh, world, and, world style. And mm-hmm. and um, it is uh, it's amazing. Uh, disclosure: um, I play a character on it. Disclosure: and I have I own and it. I and I and, and I'm friends with the creators. But it's <laughs> it's, cool, ma- it's magnificent. Right. I'll check it out. And and yeah. I, 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 I heartily endorse it. I agree. I agree. Um, uh, and it's it, in fact it was 
Night Vale, Serial, Snap Judgment, and 99% Invisible that brought me back to making podcasts. Hmm. Cool. Interesting. Yeah. Because I liked listening to them so much, I thought I should make my podcast again because that's fun also. Yeah, and more so than any other uh, city, you're in your car three, four hours a day. Yeah. So you're just like, Beep. not me. <laughs> not this nope, guy. not this not guy. This guy. <laughs> All right, so I right. work out of the house. Right. Uh, I go to the office for tabletop twice a week, and it's uh, like 30 minutes from my house. Nice. So I'm never in my car, and it's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> a friend of mine just came back to L.A., and, and she moved into a place where it's sort of like Hollywood is halfway in between where we each of us lives. Man. And I was like, you should come up and hang out, or we could both go to Hollywood because it'll be an equally miserable drive for both of us. Right. <laughs> what do you say? Oh, boy, I don't know. Oh, you chose Hollywood. I'm really busy. Yeah. It's a little out of my range. Do you guys know uh, Eric Andre, the comedian? Yeah, we just had him on Ridiculousness. Uh, oh, did you really? Yeah. He's, a, he's a buddy of mine. He's a, he's, he's a genius. He's, he's really funny. He, every time I think about him, I think about this joke that he has. It's just like, you know, when you tell people from out of town that you live in Hollywood, they're like, whoa, Hollywood? Whoa, you live in Hollywood? But anyone who lives here, like, you live in Hollywood? Is, this, <laughs> is everything okay? Everything okay? <laughs> it's so true. Even when they try and, like, kind of Disney-fy the Hollywood Boulevard, you're just like... Why are my shoes sticking to the sidewalk? You know, I had this terrifying moment when I thought you and Elisa had moved to um, NBC. Uh, uh, no, when I thought when when I thought that you had moved to the West Side. Yeah, we were going to move to Manhattan. Beach. Yeah, and I was like, I'm never going to see Shane again. <laughs> we couldn't. Do I it. will never. I will never see Shane again because as I was people in Los Angeles to... know, if you don't live on the West Side or the South Bay. Um, uh, you're basically that may as well you may as well live in France yeah I was or, I was going to go to or Sweden or Moscow <laughs> or Chernobyl he started over uh, he must have started over that's he weird. went to Manhattan Beach why, that's weird I, I hope everything's okay uh, but I'm not going to I guess check. I'll get I guess I'll get the Christmas letter <laughs> we take the 405 to the 14 great knowing you yeah <laughs> Lancaster's not that far when I worked when I lived in Manhattan Beach and worked in Burbank I took the oh, 405 whoa. to the Wow. Oh, so sorry. 405 to the 105 to the 110 to the 5. Wow. How many, I, I'm wondering, how many times a week did you kill yourself? Because it was, <laughs> it was, it was really bad. Although, yeah. back then, that was before... That was before vlogging was really big, and I used to vlog. I used to have hold my camera in front of me and just. Right. Film oh, is that when that, that when that's when you invented Hossum? Yes, that's when I invented Hossum. Yeah. Okay, and that was uh, that was not exaggerated. Dear Mr. Hossum, awesome. stop. One of the first, <laughs> one of the first like vlogs, like nobody, there was no YouTube. Here's the thing. So you, you had to compress them yourself and put and put them up. Yeah. yeah. You told me what a. a blog was. Oh, I did. This is like years ago, and I was like, I'm, I'm blogging now. I was like, I don't. And this is. Ten were, years were ago? You, were you there at Amalfi the night that we made Annie Sertich start a blog? No. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because she wrote, for the longest time, wrote one of the greatest blogs ever. Cool. No, huh? I didn't and, see it. And it was because we shamed her into it. Mm. And we made her call it Jesus' Favorite. Jesus' Favorite. That's right. <laughs> and uh, and, like and, a and she, she lost rock, paper, scissors to me. And that's why she that's had to right. start doing the blog. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. And then we did that blogger show over at um, yeah. at I.O. Yep, it was, was for uh, Leukemia Lymphoma. Yeah. And we made like 2500 bucks. Yeah, that show was so much fun. That's cool. Yeah. Everyone it's just really uh, read a story from their blog. Yeah. And mm -hmm. um, again, this was really, like, this was before The Moth. This was before um, right. Public School, like all these sort of storytelling shows. Mm -hmm. Not, I'm not saying that we invented it, but we did. 
All I'm saying is, they were at the show and saw it, and then... No, no, not at all. But it was... There were a bunch of guys in moth letterman jackets <laughs> taking notes and filming things. I don't know what that means exactly. I would love to see a moth letterman jacket. That'd it's just like, you know, uh, like a spotlight kind of shining on the <laughs> director's chair or something. Why do I... They don't say goodbye to each other. They say, have a story-worthy week. Have a story-worthy week, guys. <laughs> What's up? Y'all having a story-worthy week? Here's yeah, open for content. Where are my story-worthy weekers at, motherfuckers? <laughs> Whoop! We should change our slogan. It's a little clunky. Right? <laughs> We're going to stick with have a story-worthy week. We're going to stick with it. My friend like won the L.A. Moth and like, flew to New York. Wow. Vicky Killiger, and it was the one that was hosted by uh, Garrison Keeler. Yeah. And I was always like, oh, a very home companion. He's such a good old-fashioned homespun guy. And she's like, he was not a pleasant man. And I was like, oh, no. I kind of get that feeling. Yeah. <clears throat> that's, what I, that's what I got. And not to, you know, Garrison, hello. Hello. Um, you just didn't see that coming from like a, when you listen to a show. Oh, you know, some yeah. spun wisdom. She's like, yeah, be be nice to up and comers. Yeah. Do you ever but listen I think he to uh, the Heisman Trophy? Yeah. Wow. That'll be wow. That's enough. Do you guys ever listen to Dave Anthony and Gareth Reynolds podcast, The Dollop? Yeah, I'm gonna have no. him on. Uh, I'm, you know, it's my favorite right podcast. It's really that funny. Exists. It is. It's really Gareth funny. makes me laugh so. I mean, Dave is really funny, but he has kind of the straight man role, and that he's yeah. The premise is. Dave reads kind of an absurd story from mm-hmm. history, and it could be from any time in American history, whether it's the 1600s or like the Killdozer guy, which is their most recent one. That guy that put a cement barrier around his bulldozer and like tore up a town. Remember that guy? <laughs> yeah, uh, I didn't know that America didn't know the in the 1600s. <laughs> Good point. I mean, I just, just if I could it, just uh, if I could just say, I mean, so I think I don't think history. Let me just re- rephrase it. Pretty sure that the Roanoke Island colony didn't even exist until after 1700. <laughs> Hate to be the professor here, but just uh, I just overruled. Just overruled. Really? Yeah. Take a, take a look. You should go back to your books because that's not accurate. Yeah. America was. Looking George, up one on of the George Bushes was president. Okay, Google. Her. When was the Roanoke Island Colony founded? Getting directions to Pizza Hut. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not. <laughs> we, look, you broke Google. It's not even coming up. <laughs> There is no okay, Google. There, none of them have When was the in. Roanoke Island colony founded, you fucker? It beeps out fucker? Does Google think you're delicate? I guess. The Roanoke colony, also known as the Lost Colony. Is that where Jamestown was? Was it 1585? Ah, advantage Nixon. To 1590, not in the 1600s. Uh, okay, all right. Adjourned. Yeah. <laughs> also, it wasn't part of America. It was an English colony. Yeah, it was all an English colony. I do like the Dolph, though. I've listened to a few of them. I love it so much. I, uh, they did the Oofty LA Goofy. podcast. Oofty Goofty is the best. If you're ever was America established. Um... Like credibility wise, or actually, uh, <laughs> I can't believe you had to check that. I just wanted to say it. Right. Probably the most famous date on it. Why is Shane Nickerson such a butthole? Oh, what are they saying? I'm trying to figure it out too. <laughs> okay, hang on, hang on. Wait, wait. The very first. <laughs> The first result in Google for why is Shane Nickerson such a butthole is one of Shane's tweets that says the area between a banana's vagina and butthole is called the plantain. 
<laughs> That's your legacy, Shane. Oh, that is Thank how you. the world knows you. Thank you very much. Oh, that's so funny. I'm proud of that one. I forgot I said that. Another Coke would be fantastic. I would actually. love some more club soda. Thank, thank you. You good with your tea? Um, yes, thank you. Can you read that again? I didn't understand every word because you were laughing so hard. Or maybe actually, what was the joke? You obviously remember it. Twittered at Chris Hardwick. The area between a banana's vagina and butthole is called the plantain. <laughs> Which is very, like, that's very funny and quite possibly true. Anatomically correct. It's, yeah, it has a pun, but it makes sense. I went on a pun tear last week on Twitter, and my favorite part of it was my friends just saying, Will. Or people going, Ooh. And then people tweeting it, and please make your husband stop. <laughs> I think you tweeted something at me because I put, uh, uh, it was like election day, and I said, just remember, uh, no on recall, yes on Bustamante. And Will's like, I get this! <laughs> uh, Alright, we don't want the recall, but if it goes through... Yeah. Make sure and get behind Cruz Bustamante. It's like, what yep. the fuck? That's great because he's the kind of charismatic guy that's going to win over the dumbasses that are going to vote for Schwarzenegger because he was in a movie. Hey, what's up? Hey, everybody. This is my son, Nolan. Hi, hey, Nolan. How are you? Hey, I'm Matt. Matt, nice to meet you. What's up, man? You're nice to meet you. Look at how good I'm doing. Good how are you doing? Uh, nice. Can good, I get good. a, a, a fork and knife, please? Yeah. No. Thank you. Is this your drink? Yeah, do you want something to eat? Uh... No, I'm cool. Are you sure? Kind of, but... You want to have a turkey sandwich? <clears throat> it's got mayo. No, oh, I'm good. Thanks. Yeah. Okay. Don't be shy. Uh, even if you want to, like, pinch at some of these fries, dude. Yeah? Go, yeah, go nuts. I mean it. Um, it turns out the Kalamata olives that are on this salad have pits in them. Mm -hmm. So, bite accordingly. Oh, none of you are having salad. No. Nah. Cool, thank you. Do you want something to drink? Uh, can I just get a wife right now? Water? Thanks. So, I was texting Nolan earlier because Nolan is a personal trainer. Which, I love that name, Nolan. And it's just so cool. I wish I had a cool name. <laughs> you know? I do. <laughs> Not too long. Um, Matthew's a Bible name, which would have been very popular in my... Roanoke. Um, in Roanoke, before it vanished in 1590. <laughs> and 136 years of silence settled over... North America, right. because everyone knows there was no one in North America until the English nope. colonists so came. Absolutely, left it pretty much open. That's how we yeah, did it. it was pretty empty. Nobody was here by then. That's what American history teaches me. Um, did you get cheese on that? Nope. Good. Uh, so anyway, Nolan trains me. It was not America yet, technically. <laughs> That's true. So you're, what you're saying is that America didn't exist here in 1600. I'm pretty sure that that's what you just I'm said. I'm sorry, I had a bite of turkey in my mouth. I can't, I can't even hear you. Don't make me do my Christina Gutierrez voice, because I will. I will do it. You're just going to want to agree with me. Okay. Seeing how I have no idea what that is, uh, I, yeah. I kind of wish you would do that. Yeah, that's, uh... I'd like to hear the Christina Gutierrez voice. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we call Thank pimping. Oh, really? Some time? Are you guys doing yeah. okay? Right? That's yeah. I think we're doing great. Um, yeah. Um... Can I get the uh, grilled chicken wrap? What kind of veggies come in it? Uh, it comes with tomato, lettuce, uh, you can add cucumber. Adnan's lawyer. Oh, that's what I thought. Uh, okay, cool. Can I have all of that? Yeah. Um, oh, just yeah. no cheese. You could have done a good one. And then uh, salads and fries? Sure. Cool, yeah. And what kind of dressing? 
uh, like balsamic vinegar. Okay. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Who knew you, Who knew that Fantasia Billiards would have such good turkey sandwiches? I'm glad they do. And they have Pabus Blue Ribbon. Pabus, <laughs> hey, it's my favorite. Pabus. It's Blue Ribbon. <laughs> Rival Flavin. So I was texting Nolan because Nolan's training me. I'm going on the Joko cruise. Well, no one's actually coming with us. We're going on the Joko cruise in a couple of weeks. And What's the Joko cruise? Jonathan Colton Cruise Crazy. It's really great. It's wow. a nerd cruise. It's Wootstock on a boat for a week. Cool. It's really fun. Um, and uh, we're uh, um, at the moment I weigh 163 pounds, uh, which is great because I've lost 25 pounds from what? my fattest. You're kidding me. Um, but I weigh 163 pounds right now, and I really want to weigh 155 pounds. And um, I'm, I seem to get to about 159, and then I get stuck. I can't go below that. So um, Nolan's a trainer and is also a nutritional counselor. So he's helping me, like, cool. kind of be pretty hardcore about it and uh, stay, like make food choices that make a lot of sense for like counterintuitive reasons that I wouldn't think of. Right. So I was texting him, I'm like, all right, these are the options I have available to me. What can I eat? Right. Great. And then he was like, where are you? And I said, I'm at Fantasia. And he's like, you're playing pool? What the hell? And I'm like, no, I'm doing my <laughs> podcast thing. No, I'm watching an old and Disney film. Right. <laughs> and he goes, no, uh, Fantasia is, uh, it's the stripper's name. Um, oh, is that true? And then, uh, come on, of course there's a stripper name. <laughs> on the stage. <laughs> Fantasia. Everybody put your hands together for Fantasia. <laughs> sounds a lot better than Shelly. <laughs> Come to the stage right now, Robin. No. <laughs> Dagmar. Marissa. Dagmar. Your I think mom. You can make, I think what? You can, what? I think you can make any name sound like a sexy stripper name if you try hard enough. That's true. Ladies, thunder your hands together for Shane. Well, maybe not. Thunder. <laughs> no, just clap. Thunder your hands. Just applaud. Thunder your hands. <laughs> uh, Shane, if I'm not mistaken, is also a, uh, um, a biblical name. Uh, no. Didn't he write those letters to Philippi? Yeah, the letters uh, yes, of, and, and, uh, no. <laughs> no, yes and no. <laughs> <laughs> yes and no, he didn't. Shane is my nephew's name. Classic and proud. Irish name. Irish name. Yeah. Irish for it's Irish for John. Irish for John. I think it was in... Irish for Marissa. Hmm. Marissa? Mm -hmm. I don't know. If that's, that's what I heard. Might be Irish for Gutierrez. It could be. Mm. Shane, did you? Shane, look at your sandwich and tell me, is it not turkey? That's a pretty good Christina Gutierrez. <laughs> Did you listen to this Worth it. podcast? <laughs> no. Serious? No. No. Is that is that where that's from? Yeah. No, I didn't know that. Should I listen to it? I, the, here's here's what I'll say. Uh, the buzz, or you know, I don't. Am I using that word right? Uh, I haven't heard the rest of the sentence. Was that oh, um, that gosh. does not exist? No, no, that's not. <laughs> that. Uh, is that it's not everything? The guy who I talked to was like, he's like, that was good, but. Um, it, it was just obvious to me right away the guy was guilty the whole time. And I was like, well, I, that's, that's fair. Yeah. I, I think that if you go into it with the absolute conviction, one way or another, about his guilt oh, or no, innocence, thank you. I, was just I think you, I, I feel like you kind of missed the point of the experience. Right. And the point of the experience is to, like, examine 
the fairness or lack of fairness of the criminal justice system. Um, disclosure, I'm not convinced he's he, he did it. Mm -hmm. I do not believe for a second that there was enough evidence to convict him. I believe there's a ton of reasonable doubt. Right. Um, I think his defense attorney made gigantic mistakes, and it is incomprehensible to me that the Baltimore Police Department did not do a single bit of DNA testing on any of the evidence that was there. I mean, that seems to me to be criminally negligent. Yeah. yeah. I think you you're going to have a very hard time following it up with a season two because it was... I mean, unless they just do this where they just examine cases that are in a gray area. Right. But I think if they, if they do it again, it's going to miss a big piece of it, which is the novelty of it. Part of it was the novelty of this brand of storytelling in the just in the podcast medium. You, right. you watch... I mean, I watch Dateline. I'll watch 48 Hours. I'll watch those murder mysteries. It's totally different. One of those smug hosts. Oh, what really oh, happened on that night? Oh, he's the best. He's the best. Yeah. <laughs> you seen Bill Hader do him? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, the novelty. I, sometimes I read my kids their books in the Keith Morrison voice because it's just such a fun. Great. I was really hoping that was going to end with. Sometimes I really read my I read my kids true crime stories. <laughs> Put them to sleep at night. Really help them. It's bedtime. Yeah. <coughs> Maybe you had a lawyer like uh, uh, waited for that acne sketch. <laughs> Put the nuts away. That was like a. Uh, uh oh. Hold for silence. Someone's gonna need a lawyer. <laughs> the one that we did, we did a sketch at Acme, and I wrote it. It was like a terrible lawyer. He was the worst lawyer ever. It was the worst lawyer ever, and it what what you were referencing. You would always at some point break right behind me. There was like the closing arguments was like, you've heard a lot of things in this trial. I'm positive that's the man. There's no doubt in my mind. Put your nuts away. And I could I just like hold for a little bit and Will would kind of crack and you could see. I would have kind of cracked. He killed me every single time and I knew it was coming. And it was, so on, on stage, on stage it was you, me, Chris McKenzie, and Ke Kevin Small. And I think, was Dara playing, did Dara McGarry play the stenographer? I don't know if there was a stenographer in the, I don't remember. In the thing. It was one of those ones where like, whoever was, was available. And we were all, look, and I was in like the jumpsuit, and, and I'm supposed, closet, and I'm supposed to just sit there and look, um, look out at... The, uh, just look out at the audience and be like, you know, a stone-faced killer. <laughs> and and then Matt's giving his closing argument, and he's the worst lawyer ever. And I think he calls himself, uh, I think he called yourself a legal lawyer. <laughs> I sort of remember you calling yourself a legal lawyer, and then you're like, we've heard a lot of things in this trial. And and then he went through, basically, everybody knows that he's guilty, and then there's this, there's this long, <laughs> this long pause. <laughs> and then Matt just goes, Put your nuts away. <laughs> <laughs> and the first time you said it, I didn't know it was coming. I don't know if you had improvised that or if like Travis had come up with it or if I remember Travis was like, you should say some just random crazy bullshit. And it starts me trying not to laugh, and it became me sitting there every performance, <laughs> like biting on my tongue, biting on my lip. Um, uh, trying not to laugh, like tears rolling down my face. But in my, to my credit, right. I never broke. Right. And then 
Sounds like a break. And then no, it was a clause. No, I, yeah, I, I never, never saw. I, I never left. And then Matt would just hold, and you would hold for two or three minutes a performance <laughs> while while the audience is dying. I'm doing my best not to not to break. So that's making it to create a feedback loop with the audience, and then. C-Mac is like looking at his judge's tie and, and Kevin's like after the first night they all figured out that they could just put their hands over their mouths for one reason or another <laughs> and it it killed me it, and in fact I made um, I made a mixtape that I would listen to on my way to and from the theater <laughs> Thank you. and it's called Put Your Nuts Away wow. The Love Machine Mix Wow I'm honored thank you ma'am those are um, those are good times. Really good times. The best sketches are when you're trying to make the people on stage laugh and not the audience. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I think I told you like one of my favorite sketches was the. Did you see him do the one where it's the um, Family Feud? Oh, the conductor. Oh my God! <laughs> the guy writes a whole family. Yeah, he was been given a, a, an endowment for the He's arts. The maestro. The yeah. maestro. And the maestro is here. Was yeah. that in a main company show or was that in a Bravo show? Maybe both. Maybe it started in Bravo and then I brought it into the main company. Yeah. Basically, the whole bit was like he had been given this endowment for the arts to write the perfect song. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, as just coincidentally enough. Salt, peppers, and onions in it? Are you okay with that? Cool. Yeah? Okay. And the build up was it was Dara and Dan Fester, I think. Anything and the build up was. Oh, good, thanks, yeah. The build up was like they're so lucky to have him. And I think you were in a tuxedo. He was. was in a tuxedo. He was in right. tails. Oh. Yeah. It was in tails. It was in tails, and he had a baton. Right. Well, it was a chopstick that I got from from uh, Pan Express. But eventually, I did go hey, to the music Dudamel store and get a baton. A chopstick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dudamel. Does he? No, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know who it is. So he, they, they the do LA this whole film. big buildup, and Shane comes out, and and he taps the thing, and goes up like a conductor. And then starts conducting it. It's the theme to Family Feud. <laughs> and there's there's a lot more and than you've ever heard. It's so. just a coincidence. And it just goes for it, it, it goes forever. To be the it goes exact. on it goes on so long that it that it overstays its welcome and then com- and then comes back to be even funnier than when it started. But what's great is that he's like he's conducting, but then he's like brings in like like he brings in the banjo and then he like settles the banjo down and then he like brings up some uh, some other in, you know like the brings horns. up the horns and then plays the horns up and brings the banjo back and and Shane is like his face is so sincere and intense. It was right? pretty fun. Just like and 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 it was and it's it's um it's what we, in sketch comedy we call it a stunt sketch because oh. like what we're laughing at is the stunt of him conducting the recording of music yeah. we all know. It was one so fucking funny. It killed. It killed. And it's true. That was like thirteen years ago. I know. That's the and we part. and the thing is we still like whenever you see anybody that was in that show. There's a couple of sketches that come up, right? Like um, uh, Chris McKenzie and Kevin Small dancing for the Monday Night Football thing is something that always comes up. Oh, yeah. Put your nuts away always comes up. Uh, the um, one that you wrote that I always think of is a guy who's playing poker with his buddy <laughs> and he gets cards and he gets good cards. You're like, oh, 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 and everyone folds. You're like, oh. <laughs> we called that sketch Williams Tell. <laughs> Weren't you in that sketch? I, uh, yeah, probably. You and Greg I remember Benson that and Chris sketch. McKenzie were in that sketch. Ooh, 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 <laughs> yeah, and then there was one night where there, there was Aww. one night where where I don't know why, but Chris McKenzie just goes, 
bluff for no reason at the beginning of the sketch and like throws the whole sketch off and then I'm shuffling the cards and I fucked up and they all shot out like into the audience and the way that I covered for it was um, uh, was something like I'm really sorry my wife insisted on us having a moat in the kitchen <laughs> get down off the stage and pick them all up and put it back together what are you going to do you're just like um what you just saw wasn't supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. Jeff, yeah, what Lewis are you gonna do? Jeff Lewis had a couple of really memorable. Him oh, and Ed, Mar- Ed Marquez. Ed Marquez. Uh, Ed Marquez's monologue where he played the Filipino science teacher. Uh, typing teacher. The typing teacher. Yeah. Type. Type. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was really funny. I say Ed Marquez. He's still all the time. around. I think he moved to Portland. Did he? But it's like knowing Peter the, Sellers. He is yeah. one of the most talented, like physical comedians I've ever known. Yep, yeah. It's like him. There's a few people like that to me, like Oscar Nunez is like that, where yep. he just can do anything and will make you laugh with a face. Yeah. Ed was like that, where, where I don't know. It's did like you ever certain... see him be the Tuvan throat singer? <laughs> yes, I did see that one. <laughs> I did. Yes. <laughs> Giving yeah. an interview or something, and when he talked, he was like... <laughs> <laughs> and he was one of the first MTV VJs. Yeah. They found him through stand-up, and they're like, oh, yeah, you... Uh, so he was one of those guys that got a deal, and I remember like the details of it. Yeah, he had a, just like he had a TV deal. We want to give you a hundred thousand dollars, and he's like, hundred and six. They're like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds yeah. exactly like it. Yeah. I'm doing a show at Acme on Saturday. Oh, cool. Cool. Which doing, one is it? I'm doing War of the Worlds. Ah, is it fake radio? Nice. Uh, is it liquid? We're doing, we're do- no, it's uh, it's something called Sci-Fi Fest. Um, but they they offered me the role of Orson Welles slash Professor Pearson. Ooh. Oh, that's so, awesome! So I get to do that. And in, in the second half, when it switches from um, you know like the radio broadcast to like kind of the drama of the thing, right? Um, and Pearson encounters that yeah. weird kind of stranger guy. When they go out to the field mm-hmm. where you kind of hear them. Yeah. Yeah. So when he encounters this guy who's like kind of lived, you know, this sort of a fellow survivor, right. um, it's that that part's played by Michael Dorn. Wow. It's going to be great. Wow. I'm so excited. Cool, man. TV's Michael Dorn. Yes. I was wow. going to ask that, but I didn't want to seem like a, <laughs> no, like yeah, an idiot. I'm, yes, cow and chickens, Michael Dorn. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> He's done some other stuff too. I, he was on Chips, I think. Have you seen him uh, since? Uh, that was the last time you saw him or um, performed with him. Eight or nine months ago. Hmm. Was it a TNG-related thing, or was it... Yeah, we did one of those reunion panel things. Like a Paley Center type? More like a Star Trek Convention Center kind of thing. But our panel was the entire cast, moderated by William Shatner. Wow, that's cool. It was great. Nice. Is the imagination or William Shatner softened by about 10,000% in the past, like, three uh, years? uh, um, Or is it an act? It depends. Um, You know, I mean, he's, he's always been super... Kind to me, he adores my wife. Um, he's been really kind to me um, over the last couple of like fifteen or twenty years. Okay. Um, uh, you know, he, the team that runs his Twitter accounts, really smart. Mm. He's got a really smart social media team. He and George have really good people that run those things. They like they have crafted a so a public social media image for both of them. You mean when you say team, you mean when he is composing the tweets himself and, and typing. That is exactly there. what I mean. That's it's what that, I meant. That's yeah. totally what I mean. I don't mean to imply that there are a group <coughs> of people who work together to create the voice, the brand. That's not right. what I mean at all. 
Yeah, I did um, an episode of uh, Boston Legal and met him very briefly. And uh, uh, nice to meet you, Mr. Sadden. He was like, call me Bill. I was like, oh, oh, I will cool. call you Bill yeah. for the 10 seconds we're talking, and then I'll walk away and we will never speak again. I got my SAG card as William Shatner's stand-in. Whoa! <laughs> on a, well, how come we're getting into the good CD stuff at minute 52? <laughs> a CD-ROM yeah. game called Starfleet Academy. Cool. Which was, I think, for like a PC. It was for the PC. It wasn't like a gaming system. Yeah. It was for Coleco. But, but, but I do remember that. And I might have told you this before, but... No, you never told me anything. I can't fucking believe you've kept this information from me for you've the never two seen decades we've known each other. Have you never Bastard. seen a picture of me in a Starfleet uniform next to the blue lady? Yeah, I've seen it, but okay, I didn't know it was from for that. that thing, and wow. Corboy was in it. Oh, really? Yeah, Corboy? Corboy yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, and so okay. we worked... That was where I met Corboy. And we did this. We were all we were all extras, and then I got there, and I was the right height. So they're like, "You're the stand-in." And I was like, "Cool." Oh, and suddenly you stopped like, talking to the extras. <laughs> <laughs> I told you guys this was gonna. Hey Shane, congratulations! Go to hell. <laughs> but his his. Don't make eye contact with me. Are you an extra? Because I'm a stand-in. <laughs> um, but but we got we had a big speech before he got on the set about about preparing for Mr. Shatner and right. I think it was actually in retrospect I think it was one of those things that really they told us because they were they didn't know how to handle him right. they were worried so they didn't want any stupid extra to say the wrong thing of course and then he got there and of course he was as nice as possible like he was nice to everybody right. Right. was not a dick maybe not super <laughs> thrilled to be back in a Starfleet uh, outfit but he did the what thing, he, the I thing he was you depositing checks it's a you know that's a timeless. That's Listen, a timeless thing. If you're fifty something or however old he was, and you got to go back to putting on a onesie, you're gonna be a little bitter. You're gonna be. You're just gonna fucking be a little angry about it. And you get to be actually. Right. It's your right. And then you take your check. Actually, it wasn't a onesie. Then it was a, a jacket. No. Um, it was, there's no. It wasn't, oh no, his it was. Not a his was. You're right. Ours it was. was. A, it was a jacket with uh, with pants and a belt. And the, and the badge you could talk in, into. And the it, back it of the jacket stayed open and had a, right. and a turtleneck underneath it. Yep. Oh, um, you would know. They were, uh, they were made in a factory in America in 1690. Oh, <laughs> so you know this as well as anyone, but one of the coolest parts about the job was... Yeah. Um, when you get to go into outer space for real? Kind of. <laughs> almost. I got, to go in the, I got to go in the Star Trek Paramount uh, costume room. Wow. And they have everything from everything, as wow. you know. Was that when Western costume was still open? No, it's it on was, the lot. Oh, yeah, okay. The, the one wow. in the, on the lot that had, like, all of, like, the movie stuff, and they had, like, the rock, I saw the rock climbing shoes, and I didn't really even know, I didn't know much about Star Trek back Sure, then. sure. And, uh, it's before I knew Will, so I had no real reason to watch it. And right. so, uh, but I, but I could still tell that it was, like, I could still tell it was a big deal. Like, it was legit. Uh, yeah, I think we're just ready for our check. Yeah, thanks. And they checked our bags at the end of every day because they had, like, you know, the phasers and shit, which if oh, you could sneak one of those out of there and bring them to some convention. Um, I'd like to take this home, please. Thanks. Um, uh, uh, true story. Yes. People were stealing things from the next-gen set all the time. Oops. I'm bad. Um, <clears throat> one of the things that, that was stolen was Riker's chair. Mm. Not the captain's chair. The one that he stepped over to sit in? <laughs> <laughs> you mean all of them? All of them. <laughs> no, I mean the chair from, like, that he sat on on the bridge. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. Um, that chair was stolen. Well, the thing is, it was a chair, but it basically just had a pole that went down out of the bottom of it and then sat in, like, a swivel so thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was easy to pull out because sometimes they needed to put cameras there, right? Sure. And he, um, uh, uh, this guy stole it and... I just remember thinking, like, 
That is so fucking stupid. That's like an art thief. Right. Because you can't ever show it off. You have, now you've got to build a special thing for it to live on. Right. Right? Then there was a guy who uh, I won't name for reasons who was caught at the gate trying to steal several Next Generation uniforms. Wow. And the thing is, like, those were very expensive to make. Sure. Um, and well, They're from the future. Yeah. You know, I mean, you so have to just open the up the whole I know. It's, yeah. It's, the materials cost isn't nearly um, what the... Uh, <laughs> right. Shane showed us the picture of him. There's Shane. Is that Gillian um, Anderson behind the Andorian? <laughs> no, but... What, and is that an action boy. figure behind you? <laughs> I mean, is that, a, is that a Tom Corbett space ranger yeah. behind you? And is that... And is that guy, that guy in the back looks like, I think, is is that a CG guy from Dead Space? <laughs> <laughs> I think it just might be. Oh, what man. a weird set that must have been. So he's trying to steal uniforms and he's at the gate. And, they kind of, and the thing is, like, he had been in a position to do work for Next Gen. And in a way that would have helped very his career and all that stuff. And, and, you and never, they were, you'd never work again. And, well, yeah, that's what happened. That's a wrap. And that man's yeah. name was William Shatner. <laughs> <laughs> And that man turned out to be, turned out to be yeah, Bruce I'm Willis. Stringsteen. <laughs> and now you know. Did you say Stringsteen? Do you know that there is a guy out there somewhere named Bruce Stringsteen whose life sucks? <laughs> 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 but it sucks because his nickname is String Cheese and he's lactose intolerant and he hates it. <laughs> what else Come would on, you guys? I, also <laughs> I don't understand. I feel, what? I feel this pain. Uh, <laughs> no one's lactose intolerant. Uh, Are you? Yeah. Yeah, God, do I miss pizza and milkshakes. When did you realize? Uh, well, I got like. When kinda, did you realize? I got like kind of sensitive to it um, around uh, like 19 ish. When I first started doing like training and nutrition, because I tried all of the like crazy diets people do, so I know how your body reacted, so I could pass the information on to like clients sure, and stuff. Yeah, so right. I tried paleo, which you don't get cheese. I tried gluten free, um, and then uh, a normal diet, a ketogenic diet, like all of those different ones. And as soon as I came back from paleo and uh, the gluten free diet. Um, uh, I just like it was it was not happening uh, anytime I'd have just like even half a slice of cheese yeah. it would be torture for like the next That's so like, 18 hours or something man. like that yeah I wonder um, if there's people that are living with some sort of like whether it's lactose intolerance or some they have a, there's a food that makes them feel like shit but they've had it their whole life so they don't even realize it uh, that's how my, yeah. my, my little sister has celiac disease really and, and, and one of the things with celiac is that like like wheat and its byproducts make you very sick to your stomach. So she was constantly feeling sick to her stomach, so she would eat a piece of toast to sort of settle her stomach, <laughs> not knowing that it made things right. worse for right. You know, bread, it's super easy to eat and it's plain yeah. and yeah. So um, way over the here, on the way over here, I was listening to NPR and they were talking about <clears throat> something called the 5-2 diet thing. It's it's like popular in Britain right now. Mm -hmm. uh, it is five days. People who are five, five, five two. <laughs> 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 Anyone who's shorter than you by at least a foot. Yeah, yeah, anyone you can eat them. Um, you so eat funny. normally for five days, and then for two days you you eat like um, between five and six hundred calories total, and then fast for fifteen hours. Um, and it sounded it doesn't make a lot of sense to me based on everything you've told me about keeping your calories consistent and all that um, 
But they're saying that the what they're saying in NPR was that the, the that some scientists think that it can like sort of like settle down somebody's appetite mm-hmm. or that uh-huh. it would um, reduce blood sugar and people sort of lose weight and all that stuff. But where's the shot? It, it it does, Tom, what do you think about that? It is um, a different form of intermittent fasting, which is one of the other ones I tried, where you get a eight hour feed window and 16 hours fasting. So, like, for me, I would go to the gym on an empty stomach um, uh, in the morning. I would start feeding around, like, 1 or 2 p.m., feed until, like, two hours, three hours before bed, and then do the exact same thing over and over again. It helps uh, normalize uh, your hormones, actually. Like, it keeps them in balance easier, um, uh, as well as reducing body fat because you're in such a fast and safe for so long that you're yeah. just burning your own fuel. Yeah. Um, so that's basically just a different version, um, which I guess makes sense because it's more easy to maintain because you get five normal days of eating right. rather than me where it was it was tough for the first two weeks because I am so used to eating I remember 18 you... hours part of the day. Yeah. Well, how um, tall are you? You're... I'm 6'2". Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, tall, you got a lot of, you know. Yeah, yeah, uh, you guys are uh, going to rock that 5'2 diet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those guys are fucked. So much on the menu. Yep. Yeah. Um, so you're going to have so much Asian food. <laughs> what, what the fuck? <laughs> because uh, in Japan, people are, sh- are short. Yep. That's the uh-huh. science. It's, it's uh-huh. science. Yeah. A bunch of China people would uh, take pictures of me. Yeah. And actually, I used to have long hair like yours. Oh, really? And I'd stop, read a map, look up, and there's like a dozen people like that. <laughs> Just looking. Japan Just, is, Japan is on my yeah. list of places to go. And uh, I want to do it when I'm younger. So, because I feel like that would be really interesting. Uh, I just like walk around in a Thor costume or something like that. would be great. It's true. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thanks for lunch, man. Oh, hey, thank Thanks, you, guys. Yeah. Thank you very much. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. Um, yeah, I was, I was uh, used to be a, a sailor for like five years. So, But I was a well, commercial cool. marine, so I was a civilian. So I could, I mean, yeah. I could wear whatever I wanted. That's cool. Long hair and a beard. That sounds nice. like something that would be awesome. Was it yeah, awesome? I was about to say. It was great. Yeah, and it was, uh, I, I did it from like... 19 to 24, 18 to... What do you do when you're in the Merchant Marine? You basically you choose... fight and you sell things. <laughs> you fight. <laughs> you fight for barbie. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> well, the, technically, it's called Merchant Seaman. But people don't like it. Because that's like a dick joke. Yeah, it's a dick joke. Have you ever seen Captain Phillips? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Those are Merchant Marines. Those are people that work on civilian ships. Oh, no transport cargo. I didn't know yeah. that they were military people. They're not military. So it's you were military. It's a union job. So you can wear whatever you want. You, you were basically an sh- uh, uh, ocean team. They call it the Chuckers <laughs> of the Sea. Yeah. Yeah, which I think is pretty apt. Were you on those giant ships, big old container ships? Yeah. I was on a container are, ship are in they... the same area. It's off, off Somalia? Somalia? Yeah, I sailed to Africa. And That's Europe. Scary, pretty sketchy, right? Yeah. Um, well, is like container ships look like they're mostly deck space to me. Yeah, that's exactly so, what they are. But like, what, like, where do you, what do you do? On a ship? They have the housing, and yeah. that's where like the the bridges and all the where people stay, and then yeah. below that's the engine room. But uh-huh. all that stuff on the container ship, they literally lift it right off and put it on the back of a truck. Right. So it's just. Um, but I was in the deck department, so I was shipping. I was uh, on the bridge doing navigation and steering the ship in and out of port. Hey, I was on That's the bridge cool. doing hey. navigation. <laughs> <laughs> That's everything. Where's the, where, where did you find the warp core? Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> but that was like, what I, would you I do when your L car is locked up? Because <laughs> you can't reboot the spaceship. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> I never get to talk about this. <laughs> oh, so let's dive in. Yeah, fellow journeyman. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I went to junior college for a semester. I was just like, oh my god, and then I did that. No, but it was a good time. Anyway. Nice. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah, and, and that was, was like a it was a, was like a see the world kind of yeah. thing. Did well, you get to do that? East Coast, it was Europe, Africa, yeah. and then West Coast was uh, Central America, Japan, Korea, China. Yeah, you know. So it was um, also too that age where you don't have any responsibilities. Anything you do is like, like oh, I just made four thousand dollars, and then you just like go backpack Europe for three months. Yeah, you know, it was that kind of thing. Stop yeah. encouraging him. I mean, by that I mean the best times of my life. Stop <laughs> encouraging. Yeah. <laughs> no one's gonna go do that. He's going to do Europe, and and uh, I, I just because I'm a dad, I just you know. I oh, he's, even even though even though he's he's 23, um, uh, like when Nolan is sick, he, in my eyes, he's five years old, and right. I'm like, let me take care of you. Right. And you know, and if he's having a bad day, he's five years old. I'm like, come on, buddy, let's go do come something. On, so you're saying that, that never goes away. It never goes away. Haha, ha, you have four uh, kids. Three. Because, <laughs> no, you have four. Oh, who's my other one? Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> you should probably have a conversation with your wife. Yeah, she texted uh, us. She said she was pregnant. Uh, this uh, is why. Haha, ha, you show. have too many kids. Haha. Ha. Too many kids. Too many kids. Uh, uh, well, this is super fun. Yeah, thanks for hanging out. Uh, what was? Touche. No, oh, yeah. oh this. Oh, uh, do, do, uh, Shane Nickerson, uh, Will Wheaton, uh, anything you want to like? Talk about her before I hit stop on the old recorder. Oh, not no. Should you um, watch ridiculousness. I actually, sure. watch well, I brought this briefcase of Cutco knives with me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and chippos. Cutco and chippos. It's not a pyramid. Whatever they tell you, it's not. I just want to be listen. A lot of people have thrown around the phrase pyramid scheme sure. or Ponzi scheme <laughs> or ridiculously irresponsible scam. I just want to make sure that you know that none of those apply to this. This um, is incentive selling. I uh, I just want you to read this book. Oh, <laughs> uh, could change your life. <laughs> right. Just look for the volcano it's called, exploding. On it's the called front. Ron Paul Shrugged. <laughs> <laughs> My journey. To knowing Xenu. Oh, that sounds. Huh. Okay, Great. you know what? I'm gonna. Great. I'm gonna go ahead and take this. Great. Terrific. Please enjoy it. Uh, I got nothing to promote. I got nothing to at promote. At Shane Nickerson either. is my Twitter. At Shane Nickerson yeah. and at Will W. And Nolan's at Cop Nolan. At Cop oh, Nolan. All right. I'm, in, I'm included. You're, you're in, Nolan. You're you showed in. up. And who are you on the Twitters, Matt Knutson? Uh, at Matt Knutson. Spelled like it sounds. Bye. And that is what we call episode 60 of the Grabbing Lunch podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed it. I had a good time, too. Thank you again to Will and Shane and Nolan for taking time out of their busy lives and schedules and hanging out. New episodes come out every Saturday, so make sure and subscribe on iTunes if you would and share with a friend. Hey, while you're on iTunes, um, how about a five-star rating and a nice review? That wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. New episodes come out every Saturday. Next Saturday, I'm delighted to be joined by Josh McDermott. You may know him better as Eugene from The Walking Dead, actor, comedian Josh McDermott, and our friend, comedian Clinton Pickens. That is next Saturday, so make sure and subscribe on iTunes so that you don't miss it. At Grabbing Lunch, follow me at Matt Knudsen, M-A-T-T-K-N-U-D-S-E-N, at Will W. at Shane Nickerson. And everything will be up on uh, GrabbingLunch.com. Thank you, everyone. And in the immortal words of Russell Simmons, thank you all for coming. God bless. And good night.
This has been a Sex Pot Comedy Joint. Collaborative, community-driven comedy produced by Andy Jewett and Kayvon Kalibari. Headquartered in Denver, Colorado, with technical support from Isaac Miller.